This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hi, and welcome back to Working Girl. I'm Trinity the Tuck. And I am Ginger Minge, and I am so excited to be here with our special guest today. I know this next guest is... Um, an icon. An icon, a legend. Somebody we all wanted to be. I still want to be. I, I wouldn't, you'll never be. I will never be. No, no there no. will never be another. There will never be another. Okay, so Miss Trinity, so you don't keep it a secret that you love plastic surgery. Uh-huh. You love body augmentation. A- absolutely. Yeah, why is that? I just think that, first of all, people need to mind their damn business. Well, yeah, but well, yes and no. I think it's really good that you're very vocal about it. Well, yeah, uh, I'm totally open. If someone has questions, I definitely am open because I want people to know, like, the rights and wrongs of what I went through uh, to know what they should and shouldn't do. Um, But as far as, like, me being open, I just think it's fun and I think it's cool that you can change permanently what you look like or what you don't like about yourself or well well, yes Uh, (laughs) I agree with that and I've always had little things like everybody in the world I have insecurities about parts of me that I would love to change but the only thing I ever did was I got Botox and I loved the way it made me look I hated the way it made me feel it triggered apparently just for those of you listening out there apparently Botox in like what is it like one percent of people that get botox i don't know these facts are wrong but go and google it but it's a very small percentage of people who get botox it triggers anxiety and depression what and i happen to be one of those people wow so i got it and like a couple of days later i looked stunning in the mirror not a wrinkle to be seen but then later that night just went into the worst panic attack of my life and it, it lasted constantly for like six months i had to go on wow. medication because of botox because of botox don't scare these people no, right? i'm not trying to scare them i'm saying make sure you do your research before you go and yes. know that there are side effects that could potentially happen to you yes i didn't even think about it i just ran out and did it because somebody offered it and i was like okay this sounds great i would love to get rid of my wrinkles and that has since scared me from getting like the lips, the nose, the cheeks, all these things that I want to get done. I was going to have all of this taken off. Cause even when I'm skinny, I have like just this bubble. My, my, um, my aunt actually used to call me a blow pop. 
when I was little <laughs> because I had the teeny tiny little body. I was like a little stick with a giant round head on it. So I wanted to get all of like my double chin sculpted out and, and those things, but I'm just, I'm a little too afraid to do it now. I, I think that first of all, people need to be realistic with plastic surgery. It's not the magic wand that's going to erase your insecurities or make you look perfect. It's not Photoshop. Right. And people need to realize when, when you do it, you're, you're probably not going to 100% get rid of the things that you are insecure about. Mm -hmm. I still have those. You, You have to be okay with having flaws. That being said, if it's going and and only do it for yourself, that being said, uh, when you do it, you're, you know, it's good to do it. If you want to fix something that is really like my nose, for example, I was super insecure about that growing up. And, um, it took me two nose jobs to get my nose where it's at now, where I, I feel comfortable. Um, and I think that's totally fine. As long as you're yeah. doing it for you and you do your research, I think it's totally healthy and totally fine. Um, as long as you're not doing it to um, think that it's going to fix everything. Cause it's not, and, and, yeah. and you have to be okay with that. But if you want to tweak a couple of things, it's totally okay. So I watch um, my 600 pound life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they do on there, oh, look, at the, the sun is just catching my highlight right there. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> right there in the middle. Girl, just, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's like the police in the helicopter looking for me. Um, anyway, on my 600 pound life, they make them go through therapy to basically drill it into their head. This is not going to fix your insecurities. It's not going to fix your emotional issues. No. This is just going to fix some physical things. It's going to help you to become healthier, but it's up to you to do the work for all the emotional stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I am still open to having the augmentations that I think would make me feel better about myself, but I also have that little part of me that's a little scared. So I'm trying to work on the emotional aspect before I go in and have anything permanent done. Yeah. I also think like what turned me on to um, body modification with plastic surgery mm-hmm. um, I was through performing. I, I was surrounded by these beautiful trans women who had you know, transitioned their bodies mm-hmm. to look the way that they did. And um, I wanted to be beautiful like that. I want, I, and at the time I was confused because I wasn't sure if I wanted to transition, if I didn't mm-hmm. know if I was trans or, or, or exactly what. Um, and I think that, you know, nowadays there's, there's still pressure, but it's being more accepted, especially if you're trans, you don't necessarily have to, alter your body you know you you it's and i want people to know that it's okay to be who you are naturally Mm -hmm. without anything if that's how if you're comfortable that way Mm -hmm. and um but for the people that do want to alter their body you shouldn't be shamed for that either no and i would never like my first pageant was continental i i jumped right into the continental pageantry system which are some of the most beautiful beautiful trans women ever and I wanted to run with them I wanted to be them and even now like 
I don't consider myself a trans woman. I don't consider myself a man. I'm just somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And I've had to learn how to kind of accept that about myself. I do prefer to be called she. Yeah. I do prefer to be referred to as Ginger because Ginger is somebody that I have created that I'm comfortable with. I live with her all the time. And I feel like that's your confidence. She represents the best parts of me. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a lot more femininity to me than there is masculinity, but I'm comfortable. You monster! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're pouring out my foam padded heart. <laughs> just, you're yeah. just ripping me down. No, um, but I've had to learn to reconcile the way that I feel in my heart versus the way that I view myself in the mirror. Yeah, I've had to make them live together. Yeah, I, I also too um, d- have dealt with body issues and uh, uh, image issues my whole entire life. And even after, you know, um, getting plastic surgery, the, that still is there. It's, it's constantly there. I, but uh, as I get older, I have learned to accept my flaws. But speaking of someone who has no flaws and they are absolutely stunning, uh-huh. let's welcome our guest. Oh, and, and I can't wait to have this conversation with her because I feel like it's going to, it's going to kind of help me feel better about possibly making those decisions for Ab- myself. Absolutely. Let's welcome an icon. The icon. The icon. We love her. We love her. Amanda. Lapore. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and introduce her because I'm just excited to talk. Um, Everybody, ladies, ladies, and everything in between is the one, the only, the icon, Amanda Lapore. Hi, beautiful. Hi. Hi. You look so beautiful. Oh, thank you. You too look beautiful too. (laughs) Well, you're very kind to say that. We're over here in our snuggies. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just like a Glamazon. I see you have on uh, your red lipstick. Yes. This is your own. I wear it all the time. so unless I wear like a mask, run into the store or something, you know. I love it. I, you sent it to me to try. It is literally the best red lipstick I've ever used in my entire life. Yeah, it feels good and it stays really put. It doesn't move, you know. Yeah. Where can I get some? Where, yeah. Where can where can people buy your lip lipstick and gloss? Um, it's on amandalapore.com. Amandalapore.com. Oh, I'm going to give me some. You should. The the color is just pure red. The packaging is really cute. I love it. It's beautiful. Thank you. Well, um, so Amanda, tell I know that you live in New York now. Where are you originally from? Um, New Jersey. New Jersey. So you didn't really have to go that far. I didn't go that far. (laughs) (laughs) I've gone all the way several times (laughs) in New York City. Actually, in New Jersey. What part of New Jersey are you from? Um, well, I grew up as a really little kid, like, um, I grew up in Wayne, New Jersey, and then I moved to Cedar Grove, and then I got married in Bergenfield. Bergenfield? I lived in Weehawken for about mm, two months, and that was all I could take, and I had to cross the bridge. Well, it wasn't a great, it's, I don't have good memories. <laughs> I don't see why anybody would. You don't really have like a, a an accent from there. Is is that just like trained because like you've done acting and stuff, or or how 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 is that? Why don't you sound like you're? Because I'm I'm straight from Alabama and I sound like it too. Um, 
I think in the old Joan River show where she interviewed the club kids, like, um, like I, I sounded really Jersey, I thought. Okay, yeah, I've seen some of your, your interviews on YouTube. I still hear it a little bit, like I still have it like a bit, but I guess just living in New York for a long time, it went away a little bit, but definitely on that John Rivers thing, I sound very Jersey. I, <laughs> <laughs> I want to have to watch that. I've seen so many interviews of you, like I've literally obsessed over you because you're just so stunning. Um, and I'm going to have to find the Joan Rivers thing because I, I have, where can I see that? Is that on YouTube as well? Yeah, it's like the Club Kids with um, Michael Alec and Lee Bowery and Yes. Um, so tell me a little bit about like your early life, your like childhood. Like yeah. you grew up in, in Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey. Like um, my mother was um, schizophrenic. So like paranoid schizophrenic. So she was hospitalized when I was like super young. But we were really close. Like, um, you know, like I um, was really friendly with her and kind of got, I was like, like got used to her and um, would like um, kind of go along with her, her things that she would hallucinate about and things. <laughs> oh. So I would like play games with her kind of. So she would like really like me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> was she glamorous like you? She actually was when she was, um, when she wasn't sick, if she took medication and stuff and everything, she would do her hair, she would get her hair done, she would uh, wear red lipstick and she would, um, or sometimes she would wear different colors as well. And she would, um, she would, she, she liked makeup, you know, like she would wear like eyeliners and stuff and she would let me play with her makeup and perfumes and things. And she was, she was really tiny. She was only like four, 10 or something. So when I was like really little, I was able to fit in her shoes. She was like, tail shoes and, and things like she had, um, she dressed really well. But you're, you're also really tiny. You're like five, two, right? Yeah, I'm five, two, but she was even tinier. Like she was like four. I'm five, three. I, this is the first time I have felt tall. <laughs> <laughs> so what about your dad? Um, my dad, um, I didn't see him as much, but he was always like nice with me and stuff and everything. He um, was a chemical engineer in New Jersey. And um, I think when like I started going to, he, um, I got a tutor for being harassed in like high school. And I just said, oh, fuck it. So I'm gonna, I took hormones like, um, you know, like um, not legally and everything. and got boobs and stuff but I used to just tell my mother oh like you know they're just growing I don't know what's going on and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I got away with like a lot of stuff you know I think and um the guidance counselor wouldn't let me go to school as a girl because I showed up dressed as a girl like yeah one summer when I was doing all the hormones and everything and um she said I can't go to school like that and I didn't want to quit so they let me get like a tutor and then my father thought it would be a good idea if I went to hairdressing school, so he paid to go to hairdressing school for me. And then, um, I don't know, when he was hoping that I would um, be just gay, like, um, you know, and, and then dress as a girl on weekends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that, that's, that's what all parents want. They want you to just be gay and dress like a girl on the weekends. <laughs> pretty like open-minded, but. He, he thought like, oh, you look pretty now, but you're not gonna, 
look that way, like when you get older, like, um, and then like he would see me and like, I would still be dressed as a girl and everything. And then I would be getting married and everything. And then, um, then, you know, I kind of proved him wrong and he got used to that. So he was like, okay with it. What about, like, since you're from a really small town and you transitioned really early, were you, did you know a lot of trans women in your, like, town or, or near you when you were transitioning? I didn't, know, I didn't know anyone at all. I just knew, like, um, people I would meet in, like, the doctor's office. Yeah. Mm. Like, and, um, I don't know. I remember when I had my sex change, there was another girl there, and she was really big, like a big girl. And I remember going shopping with her like a little bit, like places and stuff. And she always liked like really like strappy, thin heels, really high shoes. And she would try them on and they would break. <laughs> I, I know that problem. I've had that problem. <laughs> and I can't wear a spaghetti strap because I look like a pork loin all tied up in the strain. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she was really pussy and like, so I remember the salesman would, would say like, um, oh, madam, you can't try any more shoes on, you're breaking them. And she said, how dare you? There's something wrong with these shoes. And she was really pussy. And <laughs> she trying them on and so she broke them all. <laughs> I have a, a story kind of like that, not about trans. Like when I first started um, drag, my best friend that started drag with me, um, he was a stoutier guy. He wasn't heavy set, but he was, he was thicker mm -hmm. and he had a, he had a big head, like a really just a big head. And um, when we would go to the wig store, the little lady that was that owned the, the wig store would let me try on wigs, but would not let him <laughs> try on the wigs. Cause she's like, you have a big head, no try on wig. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so we had to end up finding another wig store that would let him try on wigs. I did a photo shoot with Matthew Anderson one time for my first album. And he brought me one of Rue's beautiful lace front wigs to wear. And I was like, please don't put it on my head. I have a bigger head than you think. Please don't put it on my head. He put it on my head and the lace cracked in two places. Oh no. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna get in so much trouble. That's why you never won drag race. It must be exactly why. <laughs> but people like, they, they don't realize, yeah, I mean, I'm big everywhere, but they don't, they don't realize how big my head is sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, well, when you have a big head, I guess, because then you have less teasing. You know? <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yes, yeah. absolutely. This is just my back hair. I just slept wrong and it That's all stuck up. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, do you, you, when you go out for like just to go to the grocery store, are you always this glamorous? Because I've never seen a picture of you not. Perfect. Fully, yeah, not fully done perfectly. Well, I don't wear makeup really if I'm just going to the store or something or errands in the daytime. Like I'll wear, I usually, before, you know, the mask situation, I used to wear red lipstick and just sunglasses and it was really easy for me to do and just like a lot of sunscreen and things. But now like I, um, I make up my eyes like a little bit, like, and I'll, um, I'll wear like a mask that matches my outfit. I tend to wear like leopard a lot in the daytime because I just could throw it on really fast. And I'll, um, I'll sometimes, if I'm really, really, really in a hurry, I'll just wear like a bang wig. Yes. So I don't have to do like eyebrows or anything. And I could get out of the house, like, like roll out of bed, literally. 
I could get really, really fast. And I wear body conscious clothes. Like I'll wear, um, I'll wear leggings and I'll wear um, a top. I, I guess I kind of dress like Ped, Ped Bundy. I love that. <laughs> Who is a style icon. Yeah, she's an icon. Like my daytime look is kind of like that. I love that. Well, you, I mean, <laughs> everything that you wear is amazing. Well, you, go ahead. oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. Speaking of style icons like Peg Bundy, who who was your style icon when you were younger? Like, who did you want to grow up and be? Um, definitely Marilyn Monroe. And I, I also like Jean Harlow and like all of the period, I think. And mm-hmm. well, Jean Harlow was the 30s, but um, like, like um, Mammy Van Doren and you know, the, well, you definitely have the doors and all that. You met, met that blonde bombshell look. Absolutely. Yeah. And I never got sick of it. Like, I always liked that. It was like so feminine and it was so like artificial, too. You know, I think like you, mm-hmm. um, you know, Marilyn kind of created like that thing. And I was like fascinated by her makeup, too, because she would be really good at it. And she kind of did things that you know, people do on Instagram now and they didn't have a lot of those products like highlighting and she did yeah. Vaseline and all these weird things. And she was the only star to wear like lip gloss and be dewy. Like everything was really matte then the glamour thing. So um she was kind of ahead of her time with like makeup and I just I, I like women that really transform like a lot. Like the mm-hmm. too. She was like a blonde and then she dyed her black and I just love all that, like and the, the makeup and just how you could be so plain and be and then be, you know. Well, I love it because it's it's you creating it's like, it's like, something. It's like drag, but like with a real woman, I guess. So I was always like into that because I wanted to become a woman. So, mm-hmm. so I would always like like that. But I, I love drag as well because of the transformation. Yeah. So um, you know, I I just I just like love that that you could escape and you know um you get gain confidence and um be something that you um aspire to be you could live out your dreams and fantasies you know well speaking of that you're you're considered one of the original club kids and um what was that era like of like well how did it happen yeah how did how did it happen what was it like um, well, I had a roommate one time and he took me out to like, I was a dominatrix back then and I didn't really go out at all, but I then had like, I looked a lot like Jane Mansfield and was really glamorous, but wore like leather and fetish things and, and stuff. So he took me to the limelight, I think. And, um, and we were dancing and stuff. And I met like this college guy who came up boyfriend for like two years I think and it was just a really fun night and it kind of got me out of my shell and um Michael Allen came up to me and wanted to hire me as he said oh I think you're fabulous I want to want to hire you as um as like a, a dancer a go-go dancer like here and then um and then he and he said and also on Saturday as the night went on he said he gave me like another job so I started doing that and I started liking that a lot more than being a dominatrix because um it was just more fun like making outfits and stuff to go go dancing and stuff and then they tried to put me in as a a, a door person uh-huh. and letting everyone in for free. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me too <laughs> and they were um they got mad at me so they said i couldn't do that but then 
And the Joan Rivers show came like a week later, the next week, like I was on the show already. And they kind of told me what to say and and everything. I was like pretty shy. Like, and, um, that's why it was easy for me to dance in a cage because I didn't have to talk to anybody for like a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so it was easy. And then, um, then people started talking to me and they would like me a lot, you know, so um, I became popular like in that thing and the girl the minute and all this stuff and um it was really it was really a lot of fun like i see a lot of similarities you know yeah mm-hmm. there's a lot of creativity with club kid drag you know i my drag mother was like half club kid half pageant and so that's kind of where i get like my creative streak through but um I, I just, I love that unusual outside of the box style of costuming and, cause you literally can just transform into anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I liked all that too. Like I, well, I like all freaky different people, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't like basic. So, you know, I loved all, all that. And, you know, it, it, it's good for people that um, don't want to be like me, but like, don't want to be like them. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle and like they you know they could it's very gender fluid and you know um just do whatever you want to do and there's no no rules at all like or or any guidelines so you know it's really good for um for a lot of kids that are alternative that maybe got like harassed in school and you know just came here to be accepted so it's a really good job for those kind of kind of kids yeah a homegrown goddess (laughs) You had said that you were a dominatrix before you became famous. So what other kind of jobs did you do before you became the Glamazon you are now? Um, well, when I left my husband, I was really good at doing my nails. So I tried to be a nail technician. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so well, she said tried. But it wasn't like enough money. Like to, uh-huh. and my roommate was a dominatrix. She was a lesbian dominatrix, and she said I should do that. And I didn't really like it, but it was like no health risk, and you could get paid like a hooker, but like not have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love like sugar daddies. Yeah, and if you didn't like the guy, like if you weren't attracted to guy, you could make him jerk off at the end. Or if you thought he was attractive, so you could jerk him off if you wanted to. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, so it was um, kind of good in that way because it still wasn't like um, like a house risk. So it was kind of like you, know, you had a, you had more control. You had more control over yeah. what was happening. Well, it was kind of like weird because the guys would kind of give you scripts. So even though you were the dom- the dominant mom, they they were orchestrating the whole thing. And so they would like, tell you, they want you to do this, this, and that. And a lot of yeah. people were like, it was really crazy and kind of funny. That sounds really interesting. I've I've heard of that. There's a, there's a show on Netflix. I can't think of what it's called. Oh, we just watched it. Bondage. 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 And it's a short series, like the- It's like 15 minute episode. Yeah, but it's really entertaining and um it de- it deals with uh being a dominatrix and um i just think that that's really interesting like I- i'm kind of thinking like if i had lived in a a city that that was accepted or, or popular i might have went that direction instead of just hey why not show. it's like being an actress and getting hired for a gig every single day i think that's oh incredible 
Yeah. And you get your aggressions out too. Like you get to smack people with a little yeah, leather thing. It's definitely something to do and you have to do a lot of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've moved on to other things besides nails and um, and uh, spanking, spanking people. Um, you, you, one of the, the, how I was introduced to you was your music, uh, My Hair Looks Fierce. That's how I learned about the amazing Amanda Lepore. And um, you've done music a lot, especially with um, Caswell, right? Yeah, well, um, like when I modeled with David LaChapelle, I would get like these gigs of just like um, going away, kind of what you do, like when you go away and everything only, I didn't do a show. Like I just would have like a bottle or something or go on stage and say hi or whatever and sort of like a meet and greet kind of thing so like um it was kind of like felt like I wasn't doing anything because you would fly you to different countries and stuff and I wasn't doing like anything so um I met Caswell and he did music and he was really talented in writing music and everything and he um he was with me one day and he said oh I really want to write something for you and he was um watching me one day when um, one night and he wrote champagne and um, I think Jocelyn Wildenstein was there and like you know modeling for Heather and he was just watching and he just wrote that song it took me a really long time to learn it <laughs> about like three months because it has a lot of his um, my hair is fierce too was really hard too because it has a lot of words like a really yeah word. so that was really hard to do but like I did it and you know, and when I went away, it was like more fun because I had something to give to people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was like more fun doing like a show. So um, I really liked doing like more shows and stuff. I do the last two, like then to just sit there, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like stupid, especially if they're taking you, you know, on a plane or something. Yeah, across <laughs> the world. Or something, <laughs> you know, back, so. Do you still do your music whenever you travel? I do. Like I always do like music and maybe like a burlesque show sometimes. Love that. I love that. I remember meeting you. They brought you to Orlando to Mr. Sisters. Oh, I remember that. It was it was very brief very that brief. that existed, but I remember they brought you in and I, and I got to, to meet you at the meet and greet. It was such a, like a special day for me. It was like, I, I had loved you for so long and it was really fun to just see you in person and get to meet you oh nice i love that i remember when i finally got to meet you because this was after drag race when uh, on season nine when i did you for snatch game which by the way they they showed hardly any of my snatch game and everybody thought that i was going to be in the top for doing you a snatch game because they thought it was so good and um but after I got to meet you in New York from uh, Tyler introduced us, um, I was just so excited to just meet you. And I didn't realize how tiny you are. You are so tiny. And um, you're also so gracious and sweet. Um, I just wanted to like kidnap her and take her because you're you're like a little doll. You're like a little Barbie doll. <laughs> yeah, I remember meeting you like at Follies, like when day you came to the show. Yeah, it was. And that was a very interesting show too. Like. That's what uh, first time I was ever introduced to like 
um, a very dynamic kind of show because there were so many different types of. I love that. I love all those kinds of things. That's very up your alley. I can. It's very, very, very me. Um, what I also really love about you, Amanda, is that you really you have created this persona of the dumb blonde bombshell but you're so smart and you're Super so well spoken so it's like this living dichotomy and it's just it's so fun yeah it's two sides of one coin it's so great oh thank you now um are you <laughs> she's like keep going keep going <laughs> um are you shy to talk about like um stuff that you've had done um no I, mean, I that's one of my favorite things about you is that you just you're literally you're perfect so you've like you've had you you've literally created what you wanted to look like and so I love that about you um do you are you planning on getting anything else done because girl I'm, I'm like ready to go to Mexico and have a, a facelift I, I'm ready just a, like maintenance kind of things like I would definitely do a facelift somewhere down the road maybe I don't know like brass maybe if i did brass i would probably go want to go bigger 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 yeah like so that's what i always did in the past but i'm pretty happy with myself now you know like um you know i just rather do stuff like courses and want to you know transform that way you know yeah and stuff and everything than to go with surgery i think because i was in so many blogs too like i more careful like before I didn't think about mm-hmm. it and I would just like do whatever I wanted to do and just do it at um, the drop of the dime. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there any surgery that you regret? Um, no, like everything I thought that I'd make good decisions for what I wanted to look like. I have commitment issues. So I've always been scared. Like I so badly want to go and get my lips done and my nose done and do all these things. But I'm so afraid that as soon as I do, I'm going to freak out and I'm going to regret it. Well, at least with your lips nowadays, if you go and get like filler from like an actual doctor, you can, you can have that dissolved. Like that's, you know, your nose is a different thing. You know, I've had a couple of nose drops (laughs) myself. So um, that's, you know, once you get that cut off, it's, it's hard to replace. But um, filler is easy to to get dissolved. Well, but when I first started doing drag, like my I had my drag mother was Danielle Hunter, uh-huh. and my grandmother was well, Carmela Marcella Garcia. Before, like in Florida. Oh, she yeah. idolizes you. Oh yeah, yeah, idolizes she loves you. you. I love all those girls. I love I I watched the Miss Continental mm-hmm. ones from the nineties. I, I love the, I love all that. I love the gowns and. What, did you ever compete in a, a pageant? Yeah, they did all their body when they do their bodies and everything, and they're over the top. And they yeah. were the epitome of drag to me, and they were my reference point the of drag. Boring is a little too much. <laughs> 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 <Not> that like <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> but I just I I loved them, and they were the ones that were when I wanted to rush out and and get everything pumped that I could they were like no 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 no. we've done this so why don't you wait and I think they were the ones that kind of scared me out of um doing it back when I was younger and I kind of had like the nerve to do it I had the opposite I had the opposite experience so the first time I ever had my cheeks and lip like basically my face work done Mm -hmm. um I when I started drag there was a um trans drag artist named Siobhan Street God rest her soul um, who was like the queen in the city that I was, I started drag. 
And one day I, I had to have been like 20. One day she's like, I'm going to go get a touch up. Do you want to go to just to go see it happen? And I was like, yeah, hello. I want to, I'm so intrigued. And she was like done. She had beautiful breasts, beautiful face, like tiny waist, big hips, big butt. And um, so I went with her and I saw her touch up and, and she, at the end, she was like, sit down. I'm going to have her just give you a little cheek and a little lip on me. And I'm like, oh my God, like a, a broke country boy doesn't have the money for this kind of stuff. I really wanted it. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. It's free. So the, the girl who did it just pumped me for the God bitch. Like the first time I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And from then on, I was just hooked. I, I love the fact that you can alter what you look like. Um, and I don't feel like it's an addiction. I just, I like doing it. Well, you have to kind of with silicone, but like back in the day, um, I didn't feel anything bad about, um, about doing it because it was actually legal. Like when I was younger, when I Mm -hmm. first started doing it, the plastic surgeon would do it and they would get like, um, like medical grade silicone from, I think there was a company from, it was French, like from Paris or something, the, the silicone. So um, it was really safe, but you have to be kind of addicted because they do it really slow. Like it yeah. takes forever to, to get anywhere with it. <laughs> 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 like you have to um, keep on going. Like, and it's, it's, it, it takes years to do anything. I think my body took about like five or six years. Yeah. I would go every, every month. And, That's uh, crazy. But I guess you're right. You have to do it slowly because you, I mean, I, I, to me, I don't suggest anyone going the route that I did, which was like, you know, in someone's house, um, you know, definitely consult with a, an actual professional. Um, but I, like, yeah, you have to go slow with that kind of stuff because. Because it, 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 it'll fall. Like, yeah. Not because it's held up by scar tissue so you have to like wait for that to heal and the scar tissue so it's really something that you have to be really patient with and you have to be like you have to be really disciplined i think to go and to do it it right you know nowadays i see girls they go um they go away and like they 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 go to like another country i think i think where they do the silicone like i Mm -hmm. think um kim kardashian and all those people go go there and um they do it all at once and then it waves and it doesn't stay in place yeah Mm -hmm. Um, well your body looks amazing it's i mean it's just always been amazing i just i love the fact that you show it off and you you always do these see-through dresses and you uh, i think whenever um i was in new york we were going to do lunch or something but you were rhinestoning so you actually rhinestone and embellish your own Costumes? I do. I, I'm like a freak with that. Like I do it all the time in my spare time. Like I'm always like doing stuff, especially like with the COVID when I wasn't working. Like I would, I would do like um, outfits and outfits and outfits, and then your curtains, yeah. your bedspread, the wall, everything, your cat. It's all rhinestone. <laughs> no, it's always gowns and things like a wear. But um, you know, I don't, I, I don't really do anything around the house. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. Um, you so I've seen pictures of you at the Life Ball, and 
um, other stuff, you, or um, activism is part of who you are and what you do. Um, what makes you want to use your platform for that? Um, well, it's a good cause. I mean, you feel good about it, and um, why not? Yeah. Like, it's, you know, um, it's only going to cause good, I think. You know? Great. I, um, I think that it's important when people have a platform to use it. I, I think it's so selfish yeah. when when someone doesn't use their platform and they have such a following. Well, not even selfish. It's just such a missed opportunity. Yeah. 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 If you can be that... Anytime I'm asked to do anything, I always say yes, you know, but yeah, for those kind of things, you know. Me too. Absolutely. I, I, I always wished that there was somebody like me when I was growing up that I could have looked at, that I could have watched, that I could have wanted to become. And I mean, all I had was divine and that was so inaccessible for me yeah. in my teeny tiny little country town. Like we had very little reference point for me. And if I can use this platform to kind of be that for the little kids out there that are like me, yeah. I'm going to use it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's really important, you know, for mm -hmm. kids to, you know, have like role models and stuff. Instagram is really good with that because there's so many, you know, types of things that you could be, you could be mm -hmm. like in your head and you could find someone to look up to. So that that's really great for kids. I mean, I wish, I had something like that when I was a kid. Well, you know what? The, if you would have had something like that, you might not be the person you are today because you literally had to work really hard to, to be the person you are and look the way that you do and live the life that you have. So yeah, um, she's if you, a working girl. Yeah, you're a working girl. Yeah, that's just, I definitely work. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've done a lot of stuff with uh, Suzanne Barsh, right? Yes. And um, ha like, how did that come about? How did you become friends with her? Um, well, she hired me for parties like in the nineties. Like I, I actually, she was like one of the first people that, that I worked for. And she would have like a once a month um, party. And then um, I wasn't really friendly. I got more friendly with her in like maybe in the last like 10 years, I guess, like more like in the, in the past, like we weren't as friendly. She was, um, you know, she kept the distance between people that she hired, I think, you know? Yeah. But then mm -hmm. she, she um, started hanging out more with us and, you know, being more of a friend, I think. That's good. That's good. I met her at the same time that I met you, which um, I'm going to ask her to be one of our guests because I love her too. She's, uh, yeah, she's done she a lot of stuff, a lot of activism too. She, she almost... Uh, is like a mom to people like that she welcomes in people ask uh, um, outcasts that don't have anyone to where to go or um, I think she's a really cool person so what's next for you what's what's coming out next for you um well I can't wait to go back to work you know like yes. starting to get like more jobs away from it I just can't wait to we could just go, you know have normal hours and parties and mass i got vaccinated and it's exciting that um we're all not gonna die off because <laughs> 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 that was like scary i was like what are they gonna do you know like this yeah. isn't like a vaccine and um i'm just excited to go back to work you know now that you have all these rhinestone costumes just waiting yeah <laughs> <laughs> and plus now like we could go someplace you know instead of um you know like um having the letdown of 
so you're not going anywhere, <laughs> you know, after you do cameos or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, now that you've been vaccinated, come down to Florida. I'll show you around. Me and Ginger will take you out and do stuff. I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that too. Well, thank you so much for being a guest for us today. Yes. I just love you. Thank Where you. can we find you on social media? Um, on Amanda Lapore. At Amanda Lapore. <laughs> Amanda Lapore. Amanda Lapore. We love that. Well, thank you so much. And I hope that I get to meet you again um, next time I'm in New York. Well, before we go, Definitely. we have such a legend with us. Like we are working girls. She's one of the original working girls. Do you have any advice to give to our listeners on what it takes to be somebody who just works and works and works towards their success? Um, well, I think that you have have to like have a good attitude and not um you know get along with people really well and have respect for people for sure you know like mm -hmm. uh, um it's not good to get fame and let it go to your head and be bitchy and all that it's not about that i think it's really important to be like in the whole community and things and i think things just go better for you like when you're more all together i think yeah that is I, so true i agree, I agree totally i have said that to people like throughout my life when they ask me like why are you so successful because i appreciate what i have and i'm grateful for it ginger did you have a, any the game any of the, oh. <gasps> i do have a little game that we've been playing if you want it's very quick it's um i'm gonna give you three titles of pornographic movies and you have to tell me which one is the fake one so there is two truths and a lie. So you have to tell us which one is the fake title. I actually won the last game. So let's see if I can get two for two. All right. So here's all three. A funny thing happened on the way to the foreskin. <laughs> what? Size wide open. <laughs> and Indiana Bones and the Temple of Poon. Oh my God. Okay. So I, can, do I go first or you want her to go first? You can go first, uh, Trinity. Which one do you think is the fake porn title? The first one. Funny thing happened on the way to the foreskin? I think so. I mean, I don't know. All of them sound really good, but the last one is definitely, it has to be real. <laughs> Amanda, which one do you think is the fake one? Um, The first or last, maybe? The first or last. Since you took the first, we'll have Amanda take the last. It's actually the last one, Indiana Bones and the Temple of Poon. No, that one needs to be a real horn. <laughs> that sounds too good. It's perfect. <laughs> but I just love that there's movies out there called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Foreskin and Thighs Wide Open. That is hilarious. <laughs> Well, thanks for playing our game today and, and doing our podcast. We just love you and um, good luck with everything in the near future. Can't wait to see you. Thank you. Can't wait to see you again. Oh, well, have a great day and have a good night. You too. All right. Bye. bye.